What's up guys and welcome to the fifth episode of Theology Unscripted with Dr. Jones. Today we will be going over the topic of prayer and how God answers our prayers and if God truly does answer our prayers. This is Theology Unscripted. Okay, so Dr. Jones, if God already has a plan for our, us in our lives, why do we pray? You know, Charlotte, that's a that's a wonderful question because back when I was a little lad, the, um, Christmas time came around and I was a little guy. I wanted this monster truck and I'd pray to God every single night for that monster truck. And then Christmas came around and there was no monster truck. And I was kind of disappointed. I was like, God, why'd you let me down, man? No monster truck came for Christmas. Great, guys. This is a great set of questions. Glad we're talking about this today. Um, David, it seems like God uh, didn't have a plan for you to get a monster truck. I'm sorry about that. But we'll, we'll ask him when we get to heaven, I guess. But seriously, though, the question here is under a lot of people treat prayer like God is Santa Claus, kind of like you described, David. Um, we treat him like, oh, I need something. Time to pray. Uh, and that's just simply not what uh, prayer should be. I can think of a few personal examples. The first one, I remember I was in college. I was in marching band in college, and our band director, Dr. Kerr, uh, we were planning a big event that was going to happen on a Saturday, and we saw the forecast for rain was coming. And this, it, we couldn't have this event if it was going to rain. So we were praying. It wasn't going to rain. We were praying, praying. The day comes. It's too rainy. We have to cancel the whole event. And we can tell he's really upset. And so I walked in his office, and I said, man, I guess we just didn't pray hard enough. And he said something I'll never forget. He said, well, I've found that prayer changes me more than it changes God. And I thought that was really profound, and it stuck with me. Prayer should, I think, refocus our attention, not on what we want, but on what God is doing in our lives, what God is doing in the world. I think it gets us in tune with wanting what he wants, uh, desiring what he desires, maybe not just asking for our own selfish things. So, Dr. Jones, I know we've both seen countless movies where people, they have a family member or a loved one who's sick in the hospital, dying, and they're just praying to God, just praying for that loved one to get healed. And miraculously, they do end up getting healed. Do you think God still does miracles today like Jesus did in the New Testament? You know, I do, David, but I think, so this reminds me of another story. I remember back when I was a youth pastor, I was part of a, a group that met online, a youth pastors all over the country, led by my friend Jeremy Knuckles. Great guy, if you're listening, Jeremy. Hey, what's up? And there was another youth pastor in that group whose two-year-old nephew had a terminal disease, and we prayed every week uh, for, for healing for this little boy. And I remember specifically, I uh, just before, I mean, just like, the, it was not going well. He was... Uh, he was declining quickly, and I remember Jeremy telling us, he said, guys, I'm going to help us pray for this. He, and what we should pray is, God, I know you are going to heal this little boy. I know you're going to do it. I don't know if you're going to do it on earth, but I do know whether you heal him on earth or whether you take him home with you to heaven, he will be healed. I know that. I know for a fact. So I think it also, I think prayer also involves keeping eternity in mind. I think that we're too often just focused on what's temporary. And I think that God wants us to focus on what's eternal and the fact that he has uh, more for us than this life. So I think if we focus our attention on who he is and his sovereignty over 
not just our lives, not over health, over whatever it is that we need, but just over time itself and that he holds us for eternity. I think that changes the way we pray, kind of like what we were just talking about. So, Dr. Jones, I was, uh, you know, I was just wondering in this conversation here, uh, you know, prayer is often seen as, uh, you know, asking God things, you know, requests or uh, things of that nature. But what other element to prayer is there? Because I know it, you know, it's conversational, but what exactly do we get out of that? I believe that prayer involves asking God for our needs and recognizing that he already knows our needs probably better than we do. But that's not all prayer is, of course. I always go to the Lord's Prayer as a model for how we pray. Lots of people have done this in different ways. But what I would say is praying starts with our Father who's in heaven, hallowed is your name. It starts with adoration of who God is, his lordship, the fact that he is holy, his kingdom is above all, and that we're asking his kingdom to come here and that his will to be done on earth. That's, that's where it starts. We have to start and we have to ask that. We have to have eternity set in our hearts so that we are praying the things that God would have us to pray rather than just going and saying, I want this. I see this right in front of me. Um, I had a professor in college, Dr. Fowler, who he kind of paraphrased an Oscar Wilde quote to essentially say, if God wanted to punish us, he would answer all of our prayers. Because we don't know what to pray. We don't know what's best for us. And so I think that first part of the Lord's Prayer, asking God's uh, will to be done, just involves him asking him to give us the desires of our heart, like it says in Psalm 37, 4. You know, a lot of people might misinterpret that verse that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart to mean, well, if I just, you know, delight in the Lord, then he'll give me what I want. And I think that that means if you delight in the Lord and if you worship the Lord, He will change the desires of your heart into the things that he wants. So I think that when we really think about what prayer is, it starts with telling God that we know, we recognize who you are, God. We recognize that you are Lord over all, that your kingdom reigns, and that we want that to be a part. uh, We want to be a part of what you are doing here on earth. All right, Dr. Jones, what about the physical aspects of prayer? Because I know as long as I've been going to this school, I've always been taught, bow your heads and close your eyes. I know some people like to pray in their closet, get on their knees. Like, Do you think God really sees a difference in those things when we pray? I'm going to throw this one over to Ivan. Ivan said he's God. He's our guest today. Hey, Ivan, thanks for coming to class today. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Jones. So, um, So the question was the physical aspects of prayer. So... I mean, it depends on denomination. There's no, uh, there's no real best way to pray. Basically, it's all about the relationship. Some denominations have certain types of like ways to pray or where to pray. Like I'm Catholic, so I mean, we always, uh, we always bow or uh, reflect whenever we pass by the um, altar or anything. Or genuflect is the correct term. Um, but that's just like a respectful. Uh, thing for our denomination but uh, prayer is just your like relationship with God so there is no real correct physical uh, aspect of prayer Uh, if you're reading the Bible it doesn't really say anything it just says bow your heads and pray the Lord yep or or, uh, just like praise him so there's no real uh, physical aspect and that's my opinion yeah I agree with that yeah that's pretty much what I was going to say thanks for that uh 
Catholic view yeah, into hey. this Protestant environment that we're in here. Yeah, um, anytime. Here's, I'm going to do something really quick that I absolutely, totally never do when I'm teaching, and that's I'm going to Google this. I'm going to Google, why do we uh, bow our heads to pray? Let's mm. see what Google says. Google says the Bible teaches that bowing is part of the service of God, elevates a human being. It's not degrading to bow before God because bowing doesn't require that we give up power and knowledge. That's... Um, the center of Hebraic thought. I don't know if I agree with that. That's interesting. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I would say that it doesn't really matter the posture of our uh, hands and our eyes and our head. I think it matters the posture of our hearts. Um, I think we bow our heads and close our eyes and fold our hands to remove distractions. So I think it is not really something that's in the Bible, but it's something that's helpful uh, as we pray, as we focus on God, as we're praying together. Um, but yeah, there's definitely not one right to right way to pray. Uh, I, I will have to say I never heard the please reverence thing before prayer until I came. Yeah, to same here. I never had the please reverence thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just I never heard that. That I I don't know if Hampton Christian invented that or what. I have no idea. Uh, but that and is Mr. something Hampton something himself. unique to us, I think. So pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I definitely don't think there's one right way to pray. I often pray just walking around, eyes open, but. Uh, yeah, there's something to be said about just removing the distractions around you, and I think that's really the purpose behind those physical aspects of prayer that you mentioned. All right, so Dr. Jones, if God takes care of us, you know, should we always, can we always expect good things from him? This is a great question. I think of a lot of examples, but I will just bring up two for now. I think of God saying to Moses after the people continued grumbling, they worshipped idols, they were just not following God, and God said, I'm going to wipe them out. And Moses prays and says to God, you can't do that, because they're your people, you made this promise that would look bad on you, and God says, okay, you're right, Moses, I'll relent. And we see pretty clearly in uh, in Scripture where God listens to people's prayers. Uh, but then I also think of Jesus' own words uh, when he's praying in the garden before his crucifixion, And he prays to God, let this pass from me. Let there be another way. And God says there's not. Uh, But in that, Jesus says, your will be done. And I think really that's where it comes down to uh, when it comes to prayer is we have to be willing to say, God, your will be done above ours. Because God has the... He has overcome the world. That's one of my favorite verses is John 16, 33, where Jesus says, uh, take heart, for I've overcome the world. And we have to trust that he has done that. We have to trust that his will and his purposes are higher than ours and that we can rest in that. And sometimes that means we don't get what we pray for. Sometimes it means, quote, unquote, our prayers aren't answered. But uh, at the end of the day, we're just trusting God. We have to trust God. I listened to a great podcast on this. Uh, One of my favorite podcasts to listen to is the uh, Ask N.T. Wright Anything. N.T. Wright is a brilliant New Testament scholar. Uh, He talked about this on uh, an episode on prayer recently because I really enjoyed listening to that. That taught me a lot about this topic. Um, But I think that's a good place for us to stop for today. Uh, Appreciate you guys' questions and your comments.